I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next guest is Nadine Pequeniza. She's a filmmaker, producer, writer, storyteller, uh, very similar to so many other guests we've had on the show before, and she is also a returning guest, so thrilled to have her back. And we talked about her new film, her stunning new film, uh, important new film, uh, about uh, the right whale, and the title of the film is uh, aptly named Last of the Right Whales. And you can get more information about the film, lastoftherightwhales.com. You can also now watch the film on CBC Gem, and uh, coming soon, to a digital uh, theater near you. If you live out beyond uh, the Canadian uh, border, you will be able to access access that in other places. Nadine and I chatted about just kind of the global community, I guess you could say as a whole. I mean, this film really is about community. It's about cohabitation. It's We, we, we talked about how 67% of our audience had never heard of the right whale before. And I think that in itself is a fascinating uh, takeaway from this film. We talked about um, whale fishing. We talked about this thing called fixed gear. That's fixed gear fishing. Say that fast. Fixed gear fishing. We talked about ropeless gear, how legislation is coming in, how important this is to be talking about these issues, because this is how many fishers feed their families and how important this, uh, this new legislation is going to be for the right whales. There's about 350 of those left in existence, by the way. We, we, we talked about um, a way forward. We talked about, you know, if I, could, if I could describe it in kind of a sentence, this is a conversation about hope, despair, joy, and plankton. And we got into a, a whole lot of things about uh, how important it is to, to um, I don't know, um, just take a better care of, of the world we lived in. It's a grassroots movement. It's about top-down legislation. It's about how politicians are now listening. And one of my favorite moments in the interview, we talked about plant intelligence. How cool is that? So stay tuned uh, for a fascinating interview. Again, Last of the Right Whales is the film, lastoftherightwhales.com. And don't forget, uh, you can find out more about the work that I do uh, at davidpecklive.com, face-to-facelive.ca. They do all take you to the same place. 
close to 600 interviews. We're going to cross that very soon. Uh, new things coming in 2023, so stay tuned. And we've got a few uh, very fa- interesting interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks as well. You can find out more about what I do uh, by my speaking. You can purchase a copy of Real Changes Incremental. But please, if nothing else, subscribe to us where you listen to podcasts and please leave us a review. We would so appreciate that. I personally would so appreciate a thumbs up or uh, a good job. (laughs) Something like that would just be, it would be brilliant because this thing called social media goes a long way. Thank you so much for listening. My name's David Peck and you're listening to Face to Face. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here, a returning guest. I think Nadine Pequeniza has been on the show several times before, so maybe even setting a new record. Nadine, thank you so much for, for joining us here on Face to Face. Hi, David. Thanks for having me again. So tell us a little bit about what's been going on. The film is Last of the Right Whales. You've had quite a whirlwind uh, tour, uh, I guess you could say metaphorically, but also uh, literally uh, 40 North American partnership screenings, 16 worldwide film festivals, a coastal tour event. I'm kind of interested to hear a little bit more about what that means. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, 150 screenings. So uh, win, uh, won an award at the Planet and Focus uh, Film Festival as well. So so, so yeah, it's congratulations. Uh, and I think, yeah. as you know from our conversation a while back, that is out uh, in the digital world for for our listeners to 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 tap into if they're interested. Uh, I I love the film. I mean, it's uh, it's beautiful. It's 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 horrifying on a, on a certain level as well. When you start to well, not 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 as well. It is horrifying when you start to unpack the 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 implications of it all. Um, Last of the right wheel. So talk talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, what you've been seeing and, and what this, this tour has, has really comprised of. And, and you, you, you say that it's fueling a movement. I'd love to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we made the film with the intention of doing something called a film impact campaign, uh, which has become quite popular in documentary now and in narrative film. And it's a way to reach audiences, like a core audience that is already engaged with the issue, but also to reach beyond, you know, to secondary audiences who might not be aware of, for documentaries, the issues or um, subjects being discussed. And that's certainly the case with the North Atlantic right whale. You know, we found in all of those screenings that we've done over the last year that 67% of our audience had never heard of a North Atlantic right whale. Wow, that's a lot of people who had never heard. Yeah, it's that's remarkable. Yeah, and so it's it's an opportunity to reach those people, um, to share with them some magnificent images of this critically endangered animal that most people never have an opportunity to see, but also at the same time to let them know the challenges they're facing and how humans are having an impact on their ability to survive. And so that's really what the impact campaign was about. So from the moment that we released at the Calgary International Film Festival in September of 2021, Um, we were on that road. And so we started with the festivals and then we went to a theatrical release, which was World Whale Day. We released in February of 2022. Nice. When is World Whale Day? Well, it changes. It's the first, I think it's the third Monday or Sunday of every month. Does it change depending on feeding patterns, Nadine? No, No, not connected with that. Um, It has to do with where, I think it's the third Sunday of every February. Um, So what we released on that day, which was a nice hook, and, you know, we were in theaters across Canada, so lots of press. 
And that's, I think, part of the reason we were able to reach those audiences who'd never heard of a North Atlantic right whale before. And with the partnerships that we did, which are all NGOs uh, that are involved in conservation of the species and general ocean health, you know, we worked with the Canadian Wildlife Institute, we worked with the Canadian Whale Institute, IFOS, Sierra Club Canada, Oceans North, uh, the Pew Charitable Trusts. And so with these organizations, we were able to have panel discussions. You know, we right. we had people in all of these different towns, uh, provinces across Canada and even in the United States, because both IFA and Pew operate there. And so we were able to have knowledgeable people who work uh, with these animals and have for decades talking to audiences about what they've seen in the film. Because as you noted, when we opened or when you introduced this subject, um, it's it's a very emotional film and there's some very difficult subject matter. Um, and so to have the opportunity to talk to people about what they've seen and what can be done, what solutions are being worked on is really important for a film like this. I'd, I'd love to know, was there any kind of theme that you noticed that sort of, sorry for this, bubbled to the surface, you know, mm -hmm. as you did more panel discussions, more Q and A's. I mean, this is a, you got a lot of data here. A lot of people have seen the film and, and by the way, a whole lot more are about to see it. It is premiering on Jan 6 at 9 p.m. on CBC and CBC Gem. So people will be able to see it there and also coming soon to PBS in, in the US as well and a few other places. So keep your eyes peeled for, for Last of the Right Whales on a streaming um, uh, platform near you. Yeah. So, so, yeah, themes, something, anything that is sort of connected. I mean, clearly, we didn't know. That's a theme, I suppose, 67% saying, t I suppose, tell me more. But anything else, a uh, sense of, I don't know, being overwhelmed or, wow, this is a this is a problem I can step into. Mm -hmm. Everybody came, I, most of the people after the screenings wanted to know what they could do. So everybody was focused on, you know, they saw there's some solutions that are portrayed in the film. There's new fishing gear that's being tested that's more whale friendly, if you will. It takes the rope um, out of the water that's the big threat for these whales because with lobster and crab fishing predominantly, it's those fixed gear industries where you have that rope connecting the buoy to the trap at the bottom of the ocean. That's what snags uh, the right whales. They become entangled in that and it leads to death in many cases. And so people are really taken with that, I think, especially because we have um, a scene in the film where we're filming a whale that has just become entangled. And, you know, we were out with scientists in the Gulf of St. Lawrence in the summer of 21, and the scientists had never seen uh, that before. And so it's through that that you really understand the violence of what it means for a whale or any large marine mammal to become entangled in fishing gear. And so audiences, after seeing that, they really wanted to know what they could do. So how could they support fishermen who are, um, you know, transferring to this different type of gear or testing it, exploring with it? You know, how could they uh, encourage their governments to support that kind of work, which the Canadian government has? You know, they've put $20 million toward um, developing this new gear, testing it, um, getting fishermen to, to try to use it. Um, and so that's really one of the key things that came out. And in one of the screenings in Portland, Maine, I mean, Maine has been a particularly um, difficult area uh, because there is so much of a lobster fishery there. Sure. You know, they-, they Families are being fed through these industries, right? 
Yeah, they're responsible for 82% of the lobster catch in the United States. So it's really critical uh, for that community and those communities that have been doing this for generations. And so we had a screening in Portland, Maine, and there was a fisher who came who was originally very opposed to the idea. But after seeing the film, you know, he wanted to try, he wanted to test, and he also wanted to join a disentanglement team to get training on that. Wow, that's yeah. pretty, pretty cool disentanglement. I think it's sort of by definition kind of self, self-explanatory. So when you say he kind of bought in, bought into the wireless fishing gear is that and, and by the way is that what you would call it is it is it wireless fishing gear it's called a few things it's called <laughs> it's called ropeless gear yes. originally but then people thought well that's not really accurate because there is a rope sure. but yep. it's just submerged most of the time under the water until it's recalled with an acoustic signal um pop-up gear is uh the term that came up next um but so you'll hear it labeled a few different things but predominantly uh, you know, the key is that that vertical line doesn't sit in the water for days uh, until the fishermen come back to haul their catch. So, well, And anybody who's ever, I don't know, put a knife through, I don't know, is this a good analogy, a knife through butter or or maybe even used a wire to cut something, you know, you can you, you kind of get a, a sense for how fast these whales are probably traveling, the weight, the force coming up against a rope like this, the damage that, that, that could be done, immediate damage, and then, of course, the long-term damage as well yeah yeah so what we actually saw when we were filming a five-year-old male that was entangled that fresh entanglement I mean he was literally anchored to the bottom you know when these whale, when these traps are full they're very heavy uh, they can be two tons and and the whale when wow. he tries or she tries to come to the surface um, because they have to breathe you know they're like us they have to get to the surface and so they can actually break bones when they're trying uh, to reach the surface for air and then trying to keep that trap off the bottom uh, becomes very difficult for them to move and so north atlantic right whales aren't necessarily fast swimmers you know it's averaging two to four knots in the water is is the speed at which they travel but they have tremendous force you know they're 60 tons sure 50 yeah. feet long I they're 60 tons at four kilometers an hour is i don't know a different kind of fast, fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just mm -hmm. it's mind-boggling when you think of the the scope you know i just started watching a, a tv show last night a new season of uh, well the crown let's let's call it what it is and there's a, a whale watching scene in the film and i i couldn't help but smile and and just think this is this is how the narrative changes this is how the story can change and there's this beautiful moment with with you know two people just having a look and, and commenting on the beauty of of nature and the environment and so on do you do you feel the same way nadine i mean do you do, i mean you sound pretty hopeful to me i don't know that you can make a movie like this without being hopeful but sometimes uh, there's a couple of questions embedded here as per usual with me but but you know where does that hope come from you know mm -hmm. I, you know, to be a documentary filmmaker, you have to be hopeful because mm -hmm. so many of the subjects that we tackle are difficult in nature. Um, and so I'm always looking for that way forward. And in choosing the subjects of the film, like the people who you see in the film that are featured, they're also hopeful or they wouldn't be doing this work. And so when I'm looking for subjects, I'm looking for people who can spark that hope, you know, who can show people the problem but also show them that there is a way forward. There's a way out of this. 
Um, and I think that's important. Otherwise, you know, people leave demoralized, demoralized, demoralized depressed. Yeah. I would think it's quite, quite cynical. Have you ever stepped into a subject thinking you were going to go one place and wound up in a much different place in a much more positive place? Uh, I've, I've often referred to myself as being a hopeful cynic, like, you know, the work I do, I wouldn't probably do it if I wasn't hopeful, but then you, you know, you get on the ground, you see the reality and, you know, it's, it's a whole new perspective. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I would say it's a journey, you know, when you're making a film. So there's moments of hopefulness, there's moments of despair, uh, and you'll feel them in the film when you're watching. You know, I was very careful when I was editing the film to share um, all of those emotions, those ra that range that people go through um, when they're experiencing something like this, because just to be beside these whales, you know, to to see them up close and to hear them breathe, you know, and to watch their social interactions, right. the moms and calves and the groups, it's just, it's an incredible feeling. And so that joy that comes from being connected to that uh, is really important. And I think that's, part of where the hope springs from, you know, something like that has to continue to exist, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love that. that I mean, isn't that a beautiful metaphor for really for all of us stepping into the next day, hope, a mix of hope, despair, and joy, I, you know, 
where how how does that play out in in our everyday lives? I love too that you made a comment earlier that you know they're like us because they breathe air, and it's just yeah they're they're. I wonder if they're smarter than we are actually, <laughs> way smarter actually, and we're going to find out one day that just how smart they really are. Well, one of the things a scientist said to me is that you know the reason part of the re well probably the primary reason they've been coming into the Gulf of St. Lawrence, which traditionally was not um, a critical habitat for them is looking for food. So they're looking for this plankton, uh, a type of plankton, a copepod that they eat. And um, they're actually much better at finding it than the scientists are. So the scientists <laughs> have all sorts of equipment. All the gear. Yeah. And they're looking for, you know, how the, because the plankton, you know, it floats with the currents and the currents are obviously changing because of climate change. So scientists have been trying to catch up to figure out, you know, which way the tides are turning. Uh, but the whales always get there first. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Did you, did did you come up against anyone who said this problem's too big for me? Uh, I, I any anyone who pushed back in in a way and said, oh, that you're really making a film about climate change here. This has nothing to do with you know what I mean. Like kind of um, the world's a big place. There are other problems I should be focusing on before uh, the right whales. Well, I would have to say with fishermen, um, right. you know, because they're so, they're really the first impacted by this um, because there's been closures to certain areas that are either seasonal right. or temporary, depending on the migration of the whales. And so for them, I think it's something they can't turn away from because it has such a direct impact on their livelihoods, their families, their communities. Um, and so for them, it's, it was a, big burden, um, you know, but something they couldn't turn away from. But certainly they did feel, and many, I shouldn't say they, because it's not, not everybody thinks the same who works in that sure, industry, sure. but many felt that, you know, in taking these protection measures and all the attention being paid to North Atlantic right whales that, you know, we were ignoring um, the well-being of humans. And so we were always you know, careful and, um, you know, pay close attention to making sure that, you know, it's cohabitation that we're talking about, right, it's great. you know, and that was, that was a big part of the impact campaign. Like how can humans and whales exist in the same space? You know, do you, do you think it's, um, to some degree generational, like eventually we're going to get it, you know, my children's children's children are going to just go, what we, you used what kind of fishing gear? You, yeah. Or maybe they, they'll even say you were fishing, <laughs> like, right. I, you know, yeah. I think Peter, I think Peter Singer, the philosopher out of Australia says that, that, you know, one day we're just going to, we're going to be horrified at the fact that we ate animals, you know, and I think he actually puts a number to how many years he feels like we're away from that. But, but yeah, I just, I, I do wonder sometimes if, if we will win this argument, you know, this cohabitation argument across the board. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. No, <laughs> but sure. uh, but uh, certainly I think there's more discussion about it. You know, recently there was a moratorium on regulatory change for fishing gear in the United States. A federal court had ordered that it happen in two years, and now legislation has come down uh, through the omnibus uh, legislation that was just passed in the United States, and that change is not going to happen now until after 2028. 
And so a lot of the conservationists who work in this space are saying that's too late. Um, right. You know, by that time, the whale, the North Atlantic right whale will be extinct. And so um, what's interesting is organizations like Whole Food and some other uh, meal delivery uh, systems like Blue Apron, sorry, Blue Apron and HelloFresh, they've taken uh, lobster off their menu. They're not serving or selling it anymore. And so, you know, if if it's not going to happen legislatively, maybe the impetus could come from people. It's kind of a that's kind of a shark water response too, isn't it? To to you know the the the, the ban on shark fin soup to some degree. There are probably some similarities there. Yeah, I mean that that ban on shark water. Um, Finn though was uh, it was legislated at the political level yeah. governments. This is really something that's happening because governments haven't done this. Right. So a little bit more of a swaying of the of the public grassroots. Uh, you know, people are saying, yeah, up. "We're going to do it if you're not going to do it." And that's not just consumers of of lobster, um, but also fishers. You know, fishers are taking this on themselves as well. They're saying, "Yeah, I want to test that gear. Sign me up." You know, there's nothing to stop them from pushing it forward, even if legislators decide they're not prepared to do that. And so maybe the change will come that way. What, what do you say to the person? And I certainly heard this over the years. Uh, how I'm, I'm, I'm one person. What, what can what can me and my family really do? Is my is my two hundred dollars a year really going to help? Yeah. Well, I think legislators are definitely listening to this mm. uh, because you know the fishing industry, and that's what we're talking about. And not just fishing, shipping as well. Because sure. aside from the entanglements, it's ship strikes or the vessel strikes that are a danger for these whales and other marine mammals. And so people do have influence over their governments. So there's always the possibility to talk to your MP um, because it's the monitoring and the testing of this new gear and the speed restrictions that are being put in place by governments that make a big difference for these whales. Um, so that's something that individuals can do. And they can also be uh, cognizant when they take a cruise. You know, certain cruise lines are better than others in terms of slowing down, keeping an eye out for whales. Um, they can talk to their, if they live on the East Coast, they can talk to the fishermen in their communities. Um, or they can start to look now Whole Foods has given people the option of uh, of choosing not to purchase and eat um those so change 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 through choice really yeah 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 it is it is a um it's encouraging to me to 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 see i think the narrative changing i mean even since we chatted and i think it's about eight or 12 months ago uh, about the film and i think it was sort of before the theatrical release and so on i mean i've read about whales several times you know, uh, in, in, in news feeds and, you know, would that have been the case 10 or 12 or 15 years ago, or maybe even five. And so, you know, the change is coming super slow, it seems, but, and I guess maybe this is where the whole children's children's children kind of notion comes into the conversation. And maybe that's part of the argument for why we got to keep going and stepping into these challenging, as you say, hopeful and yet despairing stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the North Atlantic right whale. Uh, whales right. around the world are on decline. You know, there are a number of gray whales that died over the last couple of years because they couldn't find food. And it's really a sign of what's happening to the oceans. 
So if you don't it's a care, metaf about metaphor for 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 a bigger uh, uh, bigger impact. Um, mm -hmm. And is it? Uh, am I right in three three hundred and fifty of these whales remaining, and about about twenty of them dying each year? Is that right? They're saying less than three hundred and forty. Okay. Um, and on average, twenty over the last two decades, I believe it is. But in the last decade, they've lost you know anywhere from twenty six to thirty percent of the population, depending on you know, what's included, how you calculate, because two thirds of the whales that are lost, they don't ever have proof of that in terms of a body. You know, most of these um, whales disappear and we never see that happen. So what's, uh, what? so you've got the premiere coming up on CBC, it's going to sit there, is this, I mean, clearly this is a part of your life for the rest of your life, I would think, in some way, shape or form. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that. How is, how is this, Hmm. How has this story changed you and, and your approach to the world and how you interact with it? You know, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big question, but. but yeah, but. no, I, it's a good question. I, I think it has certainly in my work, you know, I'd never right. done an environmental story before. I've always been more focused on people, as you said at the beginning, social issues. And uh, I'm still doing both, but now I'm doing another environmental film. Uh, about plant intelligence, actually, and how we see and relate to plants and what we can learn from them. And so I think what I saw when I did Last of the Right Whales was a way to really show the connection between these things, you know, between our well-being and social welfare and how we live as a society. Because people say this is an environmental film, it's a, you know, it's a nature film, a wildlife film, but at its core, it's really a film about us and how we interact with the natural world. And um, and I, I like the fact that it's, I think it's opened my eyes to the possibility of doing more films um, that still speak to, to all of us, not just animal lovers or, you know, wildlife uh, fanatics, people who are watching the latest planet <laughs> Earth all the time. Yes. Um, but there is a stereotype, isn't there? Yeah. 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 There is. So this is a little, a little bit different than that, um, which is more appealing to me. Well, and I think it's you know what struck me earlier. I didn't, I didn't think to say it at the time, but it's it. This is really a both and. I mean, isn't cohabitation? Isn't it about a greater community? And if if people can start to see if if the offenders, whatever that means, and we are all a part of this. I'm not pointing the fingers here. But, you know, from fossil fuels all the way down, you know, if we can start playing a role, I mean, even incrementally, you know, we can we mm -hmm. can have a great conversation about macro or micro, I suppose, change. But 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 you got to step in somewhere. Right. I think you got to choose this or that. But but maybe it's both. And mm -hmm. does that make sense? I think so. I, I think to look at it as one or the other, because micro puts all of the responsibility on the individual. Nice. Um, if you get involved in some sort of macro movements or just, uh, you know, thinking about things on a, a broader scale, it's not necessarily all down to you uh, to make the change. But I understand it's hard. Look, I, I feel it now, especially with what's going on in the world. It's tough uh, to think about all of these things. Um, but we have to, you know, we can't, we can't turn away. And so that's why I think looking at these kinds of difficult issues uh, and subject matter, 
with the idea of finding solutions, with the idea of really looking for concrete things that you can do, even if it's just a change in your thinking, uh, is is the way to do it. It makes it possible. It's great. I love it. The change, change in thinking, almost almost like a conversion experience of 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 one kind or another, a philosophical conversion experience or environmental, I suppose. Nadine, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us uh, today on Face to Face. Um, Lastofthewrightwhales.com is the website where people can find out more uh, information. There's the, about the impact campaign, some just brilliant photos, and I think where to see the film as well. But if you're living in Canada currently, it will be appearing on CBC uh, on January 6th, which is today. For those of you uh, who are listening to this, that's probably not your today, but do go to CBC Gem and, and check it out there. Uh, coming to a theater in, uh, no, coming to a digital theater, PBS in May, is that right? Of 2023, or that's the hope, Nadine? It'll be on PBS Nova probably in May, yeah. And tell us about the French dub version as well. Yeah, so that's going to be on Explora on Radio Canada, and so they're actually airing the director's cut, the 92-minute nice. version, yeah, dubbed. And then it'll be available online streaming as well. Wow, that's amazing. Well, listen, thank you for such a beautiful film. Congratulations on the awards, the screenings. We never really talked about coastal tours, but I guess uh, it's kind of um, uh, sort of, um, you, you can unpack that, I think, based on based on what we've been talking about. Uh, Nadine Pequeniza here talking about her beautiful and important new film, Last of the Right Whales, on Face to Face. Thanks for joining us today, Nadine. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. So there you have it, my conversation with Nadine Pequeniza. So there you have it, my conversation with Nadine Pequeniza about her new film, Last of the Right Whales. You can check out more about the film and how you can get involved at lastoftherightwhales.com. What a beautiful and compelling film. Had a great time with Nadine. I, I hope you were able to step into not only the conversation, but a whole new world potentially. And I think that is a beautiful thing, thinking about this uh, notion of ocean health. And it's not just an academic idea. It never has been. It's about the world we live on planet planet earth and really for me this interview and this conversation in this film is really about community and cohabitation so uh real thrilled to have nadine back on the show don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and speaking you can get a copy of real changes incremental there you can also find out more about the podcast face to face face to face live.ca they all sort of go to the same place and uh choo- pick and choose you know we've got close to 600 interviews now and big big things happening for 2023 so stay tuned please leave us a review give us a thumbs up subscribe wherever you listen mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And share this with your family and friends. And yes, a review on iTunes or Spotify would be utterly brilliant. Thank you so much for listening. My name's David Peck, and this is Face to Face. Face to Face.